Welcome to the Anthem Church Podcast. Our desire is to transform lives through authentic experiences with God and with people. This message is brought to you from Anthem Church in Fairview, Oregon. We pray you are encouraged, inspired, and strengthened through the teaching and preaching of God's Word. Once a year, once a year, I like to take a moment and just kind of stop all the uh, all the the regular series that we do and really talk about our ultimate purpose as a as individuals and as a church because I think they go to are linked together. And the truth is, we're all on a journey in this life, and I and I and in this journey, I believe that the local church or the church of, of Jesus is really our, part of our mission is to help everybody to really to capture and to, to walk that journey and walk it well, okay? And so, uh, you know, we believe, at, if you've been around Anthem, you know that there's, about, there's four major things that we really believe that journey encompasses. We, we believe that, you know, the beginning of your journey, really, God wants you to know Him, right? So, first of all, it's about knowing God. And so, you know, we, everybody's in kind of different stages in their, in their journey, but God wants us to know him in a personal way, amen, through Jesus Christ. He wants us to have a friendship with the Holy Spirit that is, that is continually growing and that is transforming our life on a day-by-day basis. Come on, somebody say amen, amen, to know God personally. And then he wants us to find freedom. It, this is so important because how many of you know that, you know, just because when we come to know God as our Savior, when we come to know Jesus and, and we walk out of our past, sometimes our, a little bit of our past comes with us, amen? Just because we've left our past doesn't mean we're free of our past, say amen. And so there's a, there's a process of gaining freedom, and, and that's a process of, of growing and learning and, and capturing and developing our, our freedom. And, and God does that as we give, as we surrender our lives and we walk with Him. And then once you've found a measure of freedom in your life, then, then, then the Lord wants us to discover our purpose, you know, because we get free from those things. And, and then we can start looking, God, how did you design me? What did you put into me? What is that purpose that you've given for my life. And, and listen, we want to help. And that's, you know, we, all of us got to discover that because if we don't discover that purpose, we just wander through life, you know, and it, and, and it just, as it happens, you know, we just take it. But God wants us to really discover our purpose so that ultimately, here is what it comes down to, we can make a difference in our world. That's what God wants to do. Every one of us to ultimately make a difference in the world that we live in. And the truth is, the difference that we make, uh, has, there's some things about that, you know, that, because let me just say that the, the ultimate purpose for your life is not all about you, <laughs> okay? It's not about how famous you can be. It's not about how rich you can be. It's not how smart you can be. No, no, no. It's not about any of those things. The ultimate purpose of your life actually has is all about others and how you impact others and how you connect with others. And I want to just submit to you this morning that you will never know the greatest joy that God has for you, the most realest joy, the deep down in the, you know, the depth of your heart joy that God wants you to experience. You'll never know what that is like until you commit your life to being all about 
others, okay? And the truth is, God really likes that. I mean, look at your key Bible verse today and in your notes, John 15, it's up on the screen. John 15, 8, it says, this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I love that. He says, this is what gives God glory. This is what really makes God truly happy. And that's that we bear fruit. And let me just say, it's not the fruit that we bear right inside the house. It's, what, it's the fruit that we bear out there in the world. Amen? That's what God is, is interested in. It's not inside the walls. It's outside the walls. Amen? And he goes on to say this. That, that Look at what he says. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you. Because see, that's what was Jesus' joy. And when we... He wanted to bear, he bore fruit, right? And he says, if you'll do this, your joy will be complete. It'll be complete. And the, the word complete there means to satisfy, to truly satisfy. And listen, the truth is you haven't discovered how fun life can really be until you're making a difference in the lives of others. That's the truth. Amen. And because uh, it's not going on the best vacations, that's not true joy. It's not, it's not living in the nicest home. True joy isn't when your team wins all the games. <laughs> yeah, come on, pray for me. Pray for me. We're doing better, right? We're doing better. True joy, it's not making a lot of money. Actually, sociologists have, have, have kind of have determined that, and they're looking at life that true joy comes from transcendent living when it's beyond ourselves amen and uh and today i want to just take a moment and build a case for that because i really believe that that's what we as a church that's the legacy that we as a church should have that we as individuals should have a legacy that's not about us but about others amen uh and and uh so to me, I put in your note what legacy is. It's, it's where my life lives on. That's what legacy is about. And, man, and this cannot happen if you live life for yourself. If you just live in life for yourself, you, you, it, you know, when, when your life is over, then poof, you're done and so is everything about you, right? It's just over. But legacy is about giving something that will outlive us. And, and that, that, that means giving our, our, our time and our, and our talents and our, giving away our treasures, all about, you know, so that we can live a life that is, that outlives us. I love this uh, verse in Psalm uh, 112, 5 and 6. It says, good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. And then, come on, let's read this together, okay? Surely, what? He will never, come on, everybody together, help me out with this. Surely he will forever be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. Forever. Folks, listen, as your pastor, I want you and your world, your life, to live on forever. And I want to help us all get there, amen? That's what, we're, that's what it's all about. And when I, when I look at the way this is written, it's obvious to, to me what kind of person good is going to come to, right? It's to those who are generous, right? And can you be generous and think only about yourself? Is that possible? I don't think so. Can you, be, uh, can you lend freely? Lend freely is when you lend with no interest, without interest. Can you do that? And be thinking only of yourself? No. 
If you're conducting your affairs with justice, why do you do that? It's for others. You're not thinking about yourself. And look at the promise. Good will come. You'll never be shaken. Remembered forever. I'm telling you, that's a good, that's a good, that's an amazing promise. Amen. Well, how do we do that? Well, I think it's, we do that when we remember three important principles. And I, and I want to share them with you today. And I really believe they're eternal truths. Some of them you may have heard before, but it's my job to remind you of these truths and so that we continue to walk in them. Amen? And the, the first thing we need to understand is that God blesses us so that we can be a blessing. That is just so simple. And, and, and here's what my definition of blessed is. My definition of blessed is just having more than enough, more than what I need so that I can be a blessing to somebody else. And when, when they're in their need. Last week, we're, we were leaving the church, and it was after everybody was, was pretty much everybody was gone. And, and there was a young man in the parking lot, and he said, hey, came up to me. He said, hey, pastor, pray for me. We're going through a real tough time as a family. And actually, I, I, is there any way I could get, you know, some help and, and he's some, for some gas money and stuff? And, uh, and here's, here's where I was, Okay. I had, we had planned to go after church on Sunday to go look at a, a vehicle that I was going to purchase to clean up some of, the, of my property, you know, and, and, I, and I had negotiated a price with the guy, and I had that much cash with me, no extra, no extra, okay? I had the cash that I negotiated, and now this young man has come to me, and so I'm thinking, okay, and, uh, and I hear the voice of the Lord say, you give him some money to take care of, uh, you know, to help him along the way. So, so I did, okay? And so I left the church knowing that I didn't have enough money to, to, uh, to, to take care of, you know, to buy this vehicle. Okay? <laughs> and then when I got there, the end of the story is I, I, I was able to get that, that vehicle for $700 less than what I planned on paying for it. That's a pretty good return. Come on, somebody say amen, right? Good will come. We're blessed to be a, a blessing, amen. Look what God promised. Genesis 12, 2 and 3, I will make you a, into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. That's God's uh, plan for us, amen. I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt, and all the families on the earth will be blessed through you. That's an amazing promise that God promised Abraham, right? And I, I tr truly believe that, you know, God wanted us to, make, wanted us to know, understand that we weren't, it, this was not just for Abraham, but for all of us afterwards. Because he had Paul write in Galatians 3.14, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. The same blessing as Abraham. All right. And you might ask me, well, Pastor Brad, are you going to claim some promise that's 2,000 years old, you know, like it really applies to right now? I'm, yep. Yep, I am. I am. Because, listen, this word... It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's the same because the promises of God are yes. All the promises of God are yes and amen. It works 
the, the word just simply works. And so it's the same blessing, right? It's still working for those who are on mission, those who are committed to living their lives for something beyond themselves. And that's how, that's why when we're blessed and we are become a blessing, amen? Well, the truth is, this is really easy to forget, especially in the world that we live in. Come on, tell me, say, tell me, how easy is this to forget? It is really, because if it, left to our own, and I'm just going to be honest, I'm the same way. Left to my own, if I, I don't get reminded of this by the Holy Spirit, if left to my own, we all have this gravitational pull to ourselves. And, and that's why I'm, I, I, I'm reminding you of this, okay? Because we just, we just have this gravitational pull to ourselves to live only about our life, to only about our future, and, and only about our interests. And, and, and uh, you know, so it's important that we re- remember this. I, I think we can't forget, and that's why I put in your notes, the second the eternal per- thing that we need to remember is that we cannot forget why we exist. It's so easy to forget, amen? And I, I want you to look at this verse that, that comes up kind of every time, every year when we talk about this because I think it's so powerful. And it was not written to a church or a group of people. It was written to the pastor of a church and of a group of people and, and uh, to encourage him, to remind the people, help them to not forget why we, they exist. It's in 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. It says, instruct those who are rich in the present age not to be conceited. When somebody is conceited, what are the, who are they all about? Themselves, right? So he's speaking right to this, this gravitational pull to only be concerned with ourselves. He says, to, not to be conceited, not to put their hope in the uncertainty of wealth, but in Come on, who in God, who richly provides all things for us to enjoy. Yeah, God provides us all things to what? For what? For our enjoyment. Yeah, God wants us to be rich with stuff for our enjoyment. That's not a bad thing, okay? And I think some people get a little bit kind of uptight about that when, when we, we say, you know, that God wants you to be blessed and God wants you to enjoy things. He does. He wants you to enjoy things. Listen, listen to me. What that means is that there is a lot that God has designated for you. It's true. But not all of it. <laughs> A lot for all of us to enjoy, but not all of it. Look what he says, it goes on and says, instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, treasuring up for themselves a firm foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Do good, be rich in good works, be generous, ready to share. He's saying, man, fill your heavenly bank account. These are the things that, 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 that fill it up because that's the life that is truly life. What he's just saying is simply this, don't forget what the more is for, right? Come on. Don't forget what the more is for, which is easy to do because, you know, we can gravitate to our own needs and our own wants. And that's why we return to this every year, you know, so we get reminded of it. Now, you might say, well, Pastor Brad, he was talking to the rich there, you know, and, and I'm not rich. 
Okay, well, let's talk about that for a moment. How many of you here think you're rich? We've got a couple of hands. How many of you think that you're blessed? We have more hands, okay? Well, you know, let me just, there, there was a study done, a Gallup poll, uh, or no, excuse me, it wasn't a Gallup poll, it was a, um, uh, yeah, it was a Gallup study. And they did a survey across America and asked everybody, what is, you know, how much is, does somebody make that is rich? And the average was 150,000. People came up with, said, if you make 150,000, you're rich. But if you ask somebody who makes 150000 if they're rich, they'll say, oh, no, man, you don't know the bills I have. You don't know the, the, uh, the uh, college tuitions and school tuitions that I pay and bills, you know. Uh, so, so they went back and they, so they, they gathered just a group of people, the people who, make, who made $35,000 a year. And they looked at that group and they surveyed that group and they said, how much do you think is, you know, rich? And they came back and said, if you make $75,000, you're rich. And, uh, and, uh, and, and then they asked, then they did, another part of it was they asked people who subscribe to Money Magazine. Now, is anybody in here that subscribes to Money Magazine? Okay, well, yeah, okay. But I wanted to know, uh, Money Magazine is a, is a magazine for people who make a lot of money, right? And, you know, I, I don't subscribe to it because I don't make a lot of money, right? So uh, anyway, but if you have a lot of money, you subscribe to Money Magazine. So they asked the people that subscribe, what do you consider would be an adequate amount of cash to have in liquid assets that you could get your hands on right away. And you know what they said? The average was five million. And they didn't consider themselves rich. They don't consider themselves rich. So here's the, here's the you know, <laughs> here's the bottom line. Nobody considers themselves rich but everybody knows somebody who is. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, here's my idea of rich. Here's my idea of rich. If you make, if you have a household income of 45,000, 45,000 combined household income of 45,000, that puts you in the top 1% of income earners in the world. 1%, the top 1%. Okay, and I would imagine that almost everybody in this room is there. So let's get back to this Bible verse here. Since we've established that we're all rich, amen, and it applies to us, <laughs> amen. Now, see, I don't share that because I don't want you to feel guilty. I don't want you to feel pressured. But here's what I, I do believe. Jesus said in Luke 12, 48, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. What's it all about? It's not about being guilty. It's about being responsible. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. And the more responsibility, there's more responsibility when you have more, okay? And I, I want to share with you just an interesting little fact that I, I learned this week that I was kind of new and fresh to me. It's always great when you hear, learn a concept and it has to do with the firstborn, okay? And uh, that's why I named this, this message, Looking for the Firstborn. Because if you've read in your Bible, you know that there was always a blessing given to the firstborn in God's word. Uh, in Deuteronomy 21, 17, it says, 
that he, or the father, must recognize the rights of his oldest son by giving him a double portion. He's the first son of his father's virility, or that means or strength, and the rights of the firstborn belong to him. So the right of the firstborn was what? A double portion. He recognized that, given him a double portion. I've always wondered, why would the firstborn get a double portion? Like, I'm not the firstborn. So I thought, you know, my, my oldest brother would have got that. And I, I just kind of think that's not fair, right? All right. <laughs> and uh, why is he so special, right? And what did he have to do that he got twice, twice as much, right? Well, the reason for the double portion was this. The double portion came the blessing of the double portion came with an added responsibility. The firstborn had the responsibility when the father passed on of the entire family passed to him. And so his responsibility was to care for, to meet the needs of, if anybody got in trouble, to bail them out, to kind of, and he needed this, the, the, the double portion in order to do that. So it was the firstborn's responsibility. And I believe God is looking for us to have a firstborn understanding, a firstborn mentality, and an understanding of responsibility. Amen? Because, look, in your notes, I wrote it, firstborn accepts the, res- the right of blessing comes with responsibilities. Check this out in Hebrews 12, 15 through 17. It says, look after each other. Come on, that's responsibility, amen? Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out. Come on, that's another. Taking responsibility. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupt in many. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single bowl of soup. Esau was all about what's good for me. What is all about me? And God calls that immoral and godless. Because he was, he didn't want the responsibility. He didn't want it. And he showed that it, that was what was in his heart when he said, man, it is worth nothing to me. And if he said, if I, it's, what is it to me? To a bowl of soup. And look, look at it, it goes on to say, you know that afterward when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. God is looking for those who have the spirit of the firstborn. Amen. And I believe that as a nation, America has been blessed because we've taken on the responsibility of the firstborn. We've, we've looked to the, the, and cared for other nations that, that, that in, in many ways didn't deserve it, but we can, and we continue to do that. And God has blessed us. We have been the, the, the nation that has, that has sent missionaries and funds, and we've accepted that responsibility to take the gospel to the world, amen, and, and, send, and care for those all over the world more than any other nation in the history of the world. And I believe that's why God is blessing. And we need to stay there, amen? We need to stay on that track as America. We really need to return to our our roots. But, you know, as a church, we need to make sure that we understand that, amen? And that we see 
We see the broken as our responsibility. We see the community as our responsibility. And we see our schools as our responsibility again. Amen? We see the, the, the homeless as our responsibility, the broken, the hungry, and be committed to be, make a difference in their lives. Come on, somebody, are you with me today? That's what we're to be all about, folks. It's committed to make a difference for the, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's how we become difference makers in our world. And we're coming up on a holiday season. And, and listen, that we have some tremendous opportunities to go beyond ourselves during these last two months in this, uh, as we close out the year. And, uh, and to take responsibility for sharing Jesus with our, with our commu- world and our community. I mean, we're going to have a great, even next week with our veteran service, you know a veteran in your world. Take the responsibility. It's yours. And to invite him and, and, and her to, to come. Let us bless them. Let us tell them how grateful we are. Let us slap, wrap our, we got to wrap our arms around them and tell them that how, how thankful we are for their, their commitment, their sacrifice of their time. Amen? We can do that. We can take responsibility for that. Amen? We're going to have a great, you know, the 50-50, you know, uh, uh, the, the next, you know, the, taking care of those that, that can't, you know, that are hungry, that, that need some help at, at Thanksgiving time. Come on, we can do that. We can do that. We, we need to own that. Amen? Uh, you know, someone in, there, in, someone in your world lost a loved one this year. Or suffered some kind of loss through death, divorce, or some kind of separation. And every Christmas we do a service where we have a Christmas memorial tree, right? Where we uh, t- take an ornament with, uh, with, that, with that heart, you know, that heart, uh, that need, that, that, that wound, that, that hurt. And we make a memorial of it and allow God to use it as a time where we can bring it to Christ. Man, what an opportunity. We should be thinking about who we, we're going to invite to come to that. Taking the responsibility. And, you know, in a couple of weeks, you're going to get our 2019 version of the Acts of Kindness card. Come on, right, man? The Act of Kindness, where we, you'll have this opportunity to, to show, and I, my goal is that we have a thousand Acts of Kindness out of our, you know, out of our group here, uh, or more, amen? And we should have more. The thousand acts of kindness in, the, in the, the 25 days before Christmas. And that we just show our love. That it things like, and we'll give you lots of ideas, but you know, here's the biggest one. When you're in line for coffee, you pay for the person behind you. You leave a card with the person who takes your money and say, just give that to them. With just a little note that says, <laughs> a little note that says, um, you know, just a little something to remind you that God loves you. Come on, I've heard stories of people who are going to commit suicide, who've had just gotten that card and just said, you know what? Changed my world, changed my life. We can make a difference. We can own that. Come on, amen. And lastly, you know, we're going to receive a legacy offering. We're going to do an offering on December 8th. And I know that's five weeks away because, anyway, that's going to be part of this. And, and as we come to the year end, so that we can plant a seed for, for the, the future, for the legacy of this house. Amen? And, and I want to take some of that. I want to be able to, to, to leave a legacy in Africa. I'm believing that there will be 100 people that will bring $1,000 to that offering. And let God speak to you because we would immediately take 10,000, send it to James Wasonga. We dig a well in a new community, plant a church, give away free water, and make a difference. Amen.
like we have for, for 20 years with James, and it's changed their community. Hallelujah. And I want you to pray about it. Uh, we're going to plan. It's not emotional. It's not pressured. All good? You think about it, because we can be difference makers. And let me close with this. Um, uh, we can close out this year with a really powerful thing. Uh, you know, can I... I was going to share with you a scripture in Isaiah 58. And you know what, Jeffrey, the band, come on, worship team, would you come on up? And, but I was looking at this, this, this verse in Isaiah 58, 5 through 12. And, uh, and it caught me. It really caught me. Because it says in verse 5, is, is this what you call a fast? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? And, and he was, you know, they were talking about, the, you know, some things that, that um, you know, in the, in the first part of the verse, you know. And he says, is this what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? Look at what God says. Is this the, not the kind of fasting that I've chosen? to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? And when you see the naked, to clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood. And I thought to myself, you know what he's talking about? Is this, you know, he's talking about the kind of Christianity that makes a difference. He's talking about the kind of church that makes a difference. Come on, amen. He says, is this, is this not, the, the, kind, this, this not the, 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 the kind of church, the kind of Christianity that I'm looking for? Share your food to the hungry. Provide the, the poor with wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them. To not turn away from your own flesh and blood. And then he, he just makes one ask. Will you just do this? Will you just take responsibility? And then he goes on to list 12 different promises that he will do for us if we will take responsibility as a church, as a people, as an individual. He, look what it says. And you can put a number by all these things. I was going to put them up there, but it says in verse 8, Then your light will break forth like the dawn, one. And your healing will quickly appear, two. Then your righteousness will go before you, Three, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Four, then you will call on the and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and He will say, "Here I am." Five, Amen. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then. Your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday, six. And the Lord will guide you always, seven. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land, eight. And will strengthen your frame, nine. You'll be like a well-guarded, watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail, ten. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will rise up the age-old foundations, eleven. You'll be called the repair of the broken walls, restore of the streets with dwellings, twelve. Twelve promises, come on. If we'll take responsibility, if we'll say, okay. And this is the kind of church, this is the kind of Christianity, this is the kind of people that are the firstborn and follow in the footsteps of the firstborn. 
and the fire of that burns inside of them. I want to close with this story. And it's really, I hope I get through it because it's really personal to me. Some of you know, and one of my sons struggles and has struggled in his life um, at times with a, a health condition, and it's often got the best, the better of him. And uh, he was going through a tough season once. He uh, quit taking his meds, and he ended up wandering downtown on the streets with with just what he could carry with him and at one time in his very vulnerable state he got jumped by some folks and they stole everything he had including he had carried off my 1962 Gibson 12 string and it was you know they stole everything he had took that took his clothes and all he had was a pair of shorts and it was like like it is it was a you know he was cold. And he, he told me later that he wandered into a Salvation Army location downtown. And they took him in. And they gave him some clothes. And they gave him a pair of shoes, some food, and they cared for him. Something happened in my heart when he told me that story. You know, there's a lot of great charities out there that care for the needs of people. But I want to tell you that every time I walk through the door of a department store and there's somebody standing there ringing a bell and I hear that bell and I see that red stand. I can't walk by. I'm reminded that they loved somebody that I loved when I couldn't. And guess who's my favorite charity now? Yep, you guessed it. And I kind of think God is like that. That when we love somebody that he loves, and we make a difference for somebody that he loves, I think we become his favorites. Yeah, and I, I don't want to be anything special, and I don't, you know, get caught up in pride in that. But, but I think we can walk in His favor, and I want to be a church like that. I want to be a person like that. I want all of us to be that kind of people. Amen. Together, as we care for those that God and love those all around us that we can make a difference for. Amen. Because that's what we're here for. That's our purpose. 
That's our ultimate purpose. And that will leave a legacy that will live forever. Let's pray. Thank you for joining us. We are located at 1415 Northeast 223rd Avenue in Fairview, Oregon. You can find us online at www.anthemfamily.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Anthem Family. God bless.